Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Today's daf is being taught by Justin David, the rabbi of Congregation B'nai Israel in Northampton, Mass. On this daf, the Gemara takes up the theme of spiritual leadership, a topic important to me, particularly as a congregational rabbi. For contemporary Jews, who is a spiritual leader is a critical and influential question for us, both as individuals and communities, perhaps as much as it was for our Talmudic forebears. In a sense, some of the most groundbreaking innovations in Jewish life over the past two generations have been about the place of authority and leadership. The Chavarah movement, originally engineered by people who were themselves rabbis, scholars, and Jewish educators, radically democratized Jewish community, rendering the notion of a community rabbi as essentially meaningless. But then again, Jewish renewal as a movement has placed a charismatic and knowledgeable individual, a rabbi, or more properly, a rebbe, at its center. Among the liberal movements, the notion of who is a rabbi and what does a rabbi do have been radically reconfigured. The great reform philosopher Eugene Borowitz has written that a rabbi's leadership is about tzimtzum, giving out initial energy, ideas, and inspiration, and then stepping back to let the community take over. In Reconstructionism, the rabbi is really a facilitator of community process with no special authority. In conservative congregations, and full disclosure here, I'm a conservative rabbi in a wonderful community, we retain the status of being the final authority on halacha, but practically speaking, even on these issues, we collaborate with our lay leadership. So what does a rabbi do? Who is a rabbi? is very much about who we are as Jews and how we relate to Judaism. Our daf takes up the question of leadership through an associational riff on clothing. Rabbi Yochanan asks, From where do we know that changing clothes is a commandment from the Torah? Rabbi Yishmael then takes this question in the direction that will occupy an extended, an, an extended exploration of the personal qualities of a scholar, in Hebrew, Talmud Chacham. Rabbi Yishmael says, The Torah teaches proper behavior, derech eretz, that clothes in which a person prepared a stew for his teacher should not be the same clothes he wears when he mixes for his teacher a cup of wine. Such careful attention to one's conduct in the presence of a Talmud Chacham, a scholar, raises questions about the degree of punctiliousness required of scholars themselves, and also required of scholars to distinguish themselves from other scholars. And so the rabbis of the Gemara continue to pose and inquire about a set of standards for, for scholars. For example, no dirt, and uh, the uh, commentary here says this is perhaps grease, and Rashi says this could be semen. No dirt should be found on their clothing of scholars, as they not only demean themselves by doing so, but defile the tradition that they represent. In a typical example of Talmudic exaggeration, the Gemara records that a scholar found in public with soiled clothing should be put to death. But then the Gemara returns to more practical matters. The Gemara asks, who is the kind of scholar who can be trusted to correctly to, to correctly identify the provenance of lost objects belonging to himself? Who is a scholar worthy not only of teaching but of leading a community? Who is a scholar who deserves to have work performed on his behalf? Who, at the end of the day, is the ideal kind of scholar, one who has authority not only over the practical affairs of the community, but who can be the Rosh Yeshiva, the head of an academy of learning, 
As we can see, there are scholars, and then there are scholars. We see in this discussion a rare level of practical scrutiny being devoted to the Talmud Chacham. Usually, the Talmud Chacham, the scholar, is treated with a kind of exaggerated piety, typical of Rabbi Yishmael's interpretation of the mitzvah to change clothes. That the Talmud Chacham is someone uniquely holy in his dedication to Torah, and therefore deserving a kind of abject subservience. But in our daf, in our case, the Gemara turns the exalted status of the scholar on its head, as if to ask, what makes such a scholar great anyway? The answers are quite instructive. A scholar who can be trusted with found objects is one who carefully minds the condition of the understitching in his clothing that no one else sees. In other words, a real scholar is a person of unshakable integrity, integrity that extends to those realms where no one is watching or particularly cares. Similarly, a scholar deserving of having other people to do work for him is one who puts aside his own material needs to work for the sake of heaven. In other words, a real scholar is a selfless, holy individual. But the question that yields the most ambiguous answer, and perhaps the most interesting and revealing answer, is the question of what kind of scholar has the unique qualities to also be a leader, meaning the practical leader of a community. The answer a person to whom any question can be asked, even from the Tractate Kala. Now, what is this Tractate Kala, and why is it so important? After all, it's not one of the canonical books of the Talmud, one of the tractates of the Talmud. It's considered by scholars to be one of the minor tractates, a late work, a compilation of sources edited at the end of the Talmudic period, perhaps slightly after in the period of the Go'onim. So what is it doing here? Mentioned in a good old-school rabbinic teaching, and what does it matter? According to Rashi, Tractate Kala is the measure of a scholar because the book was not regularly studied. So in Rashi's view, a scholar is fit to be a community leader if he has the broadest and deepest range of knowledge, extending to even the most neglected sources of Torah in all its forms. Rashi's view comports with our attitudes for what makes a Jewish spiritual leader. A knowledgeable person distinguished from others not necessarily by charisma or practical know-how, but by learning. We see such a value of leadership at work in the Orthodox community, where the model is well, but the model is well established over all branches of contemporary Judaism. Although the liberal denominations require their leaders to be community organizers, activists, programmers, and spiritual counselors, the core training for all rabbis is immersion in the classical sources of Jewish tradition, regardless of whether these sources will be relevant to the masses of Jews who make up our communities. And the converse is also true. Even as Orthodox rabbi occupy roles historically played by the Reform, Conservative, and Reconstructionist counterparts, the ability to learn and work with any source on any issue is really the hallmark of a rav. But another voice from the Talmud gives us a more contextual view of the importance of scholarly leadership. In the Tosafot, the commentators on the side of the page who are about two generations after Rashi and who frequently disagree with him, we learn that in Tractate Bava Batra of Nachman bar Yitzchak, views the requirement to, quote, no tractate kala as reflective of the extent to which a scholar is in tune with his community. In Rav Nachman's comment, again from Tractate Bava Batra, we see that a scholar fit to lead the community is one prepared to answer any question from any part of the Talmud, but particularly from the texts that are idiosyncratically studied in his particular community. In this context, tractate kala is such a text perhaps not commonly studied everywhere, but known within a scholar's town for whatever reason. 
And so a scholar who is fit to lead is one who has the broadest and deepest kind of knowledge, but specifically in the texts that are most important to the people with whom he lives. I love this teaching. Throughout the Talmud, we see a tension between the hierarchical and democratic approaches to authority, and so it's always refreshing to see the vox populi get its due. But there is something in this notion of different texts for different communities that mirrors the spiritual landscape of our own day. Perhaps what renders a community vibrant it's not is not necessarily its adherence to halakha, Jewish law, but its engagement with Jewish ideas. To that end, different communities may be divergently observant, but equally passionate. One community may focus its mission on both the mitzvot and the sources that prompt us to bring healing and social justice to this world. Another may devote their attention to the devotional and the mystical texts that illumine the inner life of the Jewish soul. Many, perhaps most, strive to do both. And so what Jewish spiritual leadership requires is not only the ability to cite sources and impress others with what we have learned. Rather, Jewish scholarship, and we can all aspire to be scholars, is about immersing ourselves in texts and ideas so as to participate in a living and breathing conversation, taking unique shape with the people around us, but participating in a dialogue that extends throughout our tradition and encompassing the universal questions that confront us all. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.